What's going on, family? It's your man, Kmar. Welcome you back to another episode of the Eagle Zone Podcast, coming at you like I always love to do. Oh, my goodness gracious. Where do I begin? Where do I begin? <laughs> oh, man. Another game last week, another struggle, and the Eagles were humiliated during their home opener last week versus the L.A. Rams. It's very rare that you see a team come east from a west coast to the east coast for a one o'clock start game and prevail. It just really doesn't happen that often just due to the fact of the nature of the sport and the fact that the matter is just so much in the time in terms of um, the time difference. And but you got to get you got to give the Rams a lot of credit. I mean, they came in. They executed to perfection and just simply dominated. And so um, I really wanted to get into like the kind of like the nuts and bolts of what happened with this game. Um, also wanted to talk about um, some of the Eagles problems like with Carson Wentz, the defense, coaching, as well as um, Howie Roseman's part, part to blame in this. And so. We'll definitely have um, that and along with some other things that we'll be talking about and really just how how we get this season back on track. Because, I mean, they did. The Eagles did. They had a they had um, started the season with great promise. But however, this season is on the verge of a series meltdown. And so if you want to get in contact with the show, you can hit me up at the Eagles Zone podcast at Gmail dot com. Let me know what you think about the Eagles going forward. Um, give me your predictions for Sunday's game against the Cincinnati Bengals. And I mean, and if you were the GM, how would you fix the Eagles problems? Okay, and so let's talk about this game. And so the game started on an ominous note when Miles Sanders, with his first touch of the uh, carry of the season, fumbled. And as of course, you know, Miles Sanders didn't play last week due to a hamstring injury. And so He's kind of rusty coming back, but still, you got to protect that football because especially if you're coming in rusty, especially having the offseason that you have, it's definitely important to keep your mentals intact and hold on to that ball. So pretty much Eagles kind of give the Rams um, possession and um, on their first drive, and which led to a, um, a Jerichoff touchdown to um, the tight end um, Tyler Higbee who will score three on this day, and I'll get into that in a moment. So eventually the Eagles were down 21-3 to three, um, in the second quarter and would have been down – and it would have been worse if uh, Cooper Cup didn't uh, fumble, that, fumble that ball on that punt return, which led to a Carson Wentz uh, quarterback sneak. So, I mean, at that point you're thinking like, okay, if the Eagles can get a stop, which they eventually did, they'll be able to get back in this game. And so they eventually did. Um, and from their point, that point, like they started to play a little bit better. I mean, Carson was looking confident, was starting to get the ball downfield and getting it to his, um, his wide receivers and which eventually culminated in a Miles Sanders touchdown run. So, all right, you think about it all right now, you're, you're down 21 to three. You, you come back with 14 unanswered points. Um, you're down 20, um, 21 to set um I'm sorry 21 to 19 I believe and you're thinking like all right at this point you know what hey the Eagles are gonna take over and dominate and they get the ball back off another defensive stop 
And so, I mean, right there, I mean, as a fan, as watching the game, I'm thinking like, all right, perfect. And Carson was looking, Carson was looking right. They were running, they were getting a nice balance of mixture, running the ball, passing the ball, play action fade, getting Carson out the pocket, which is something that I'll definitely touch on eventually because that definitely needs to be explained. Um, yeah, they were marching downfield. Then they get to like about the 22, and honestly, and this is where the game turned. Carson got out the pocket, and he fired, and it was picked. And he was looking for J.J. Ortega Whiteside in the end zone, and it was picked off. Now, going back in, um, and looking at the All-22, um, and actually listen to Brian Baldinger's uh, breakdowns, he actually indicate, and and believe me, I'm not taking the blame off Wentz because that was a very poor throw. And I even said he tried to, he got too greedy with that when he was feeling a little bit too good about himself. So anyway, um, JJ, he was kind of slow coming out of his break. And honestly, that ball should have been thrown to him a little bit sooner to where the safety cannot get over and make the pick. That's one of those things where Carson has to recognize that. He has to recognize and and actually see the entire field instead of just zeroing in on one person because usually when that happens, the safety will typically read that quarterback's eyes and, and jump that pass for a pick, which would eventually happen. From that point on, I mean, the game – I mean, the Rams, I mean, they went down, kicked a field goal. Eagles had another uh, opportunity, and they failed to um, they failed to, um, to, to convert. And from that point, from that point on, the Rams just simply dominated that game and pretty much kind of left the Eagles in, in a mess. This is the first victory for – Rams head coach uh, Sean McVay over a, D- a Doug Peterson-led Eagles team. Um, they've met two other times. They met uh, back in 2017 during the Eagles Super Bowl run. Um, that was, and I remember that game to a T because that was that game. Carson Carson Wentz was on fire in L.A. It was so much hype going into this game because those were quote unquote the two top seeds in the NFC at that time. And whoever won that game, they were going to have a leg up in terms of home field advantage. So um, that game, Carson is lighting, lighting these these boys up. And when, this is without Zach Ertz. And Carson was looking prime. He was ripe. He was ripping up that defense. However, that's also the game where he tore his ACL, and which definitely has still kind of had some kind of effect towards Carson even to this day. So eventually the Eagles did win, um, thanks to backup Nick Foles uh, coming in, making some key first downs, and Brandon Graham and Chris Long kind of making their presence known on defense. Um, the second time was the following year, um, which the Eagles returned to L.A. That was, then, if I remember correctly, that was the game after um, Carson Wentz was lost for the season, and they had lost – um, an overtime heartbreaker in Dallas. So, I mean, the Eagles were kind of floundering, and Nick Foles comes in and once again plays lights out, uh, taking the Eagles to an early lead. Of course, the Rams, they made their comeback and had a chance to win and to at least tie it at the end, but the Eagles defense held strong at the um, in the red zone. 
And so, yeah. So now this is Doug Peterson's first loss versus Sean McVay team. And typically, when they when they matched up, um, usually Doug Peterson and Sean uh, and um, well Doug Peterson and defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz they typically play very well against the Rams. It just seems like they always had their number in whatever way they wanted, however they played. I mean, and Aaron Donald has never gotten a sack versus the Philadelphia Eagles, and that kind of continued to this today. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry until last week when he was pretty much held sackless and hats off to the offensive line. I mean, they did, they did do a better, a, a better job in keeping, um, keeping defenders off of Carson Wentz. However, with Carson, you can just tell that he's, he's pressing out there and even with good protection, um, he's still missing receivers high, missing receivers low, throwing ill-advised passes, I really don't know what the issue is with Carson. Um, and honestly, I mean, as a, and I'm not gonna lie, I'm a I'm a big Carson Wentz fan. I really I run I really see the potential in him. It's just the fact of the matter is that he has to get on that field and show it. Because right now, I mean it's kinda hard to defend Carson when he's playing like this and it it, it definitely does suck. It it definitely does suck. And looking at some of the issues, and honestly, I mean, from from what I've seen and what, and actually listened to um, actual um, um, former quarterbacks about the position, they're stating that I mean, a lot of it has to do with his footwork. And of course, during this kind of topsy turvy off season, he really wasn't around like the coaching staff as much as as much as he's as you typically have during the off season. And so, I mean, it kind of gives the coaches, they pretty much, he pretty much Carson just kind of missed an opportunity for the coaching staff to kind of evaluate his footwork, where he was at this particular, at this particular time, um, go, come in, make the necessary adjustments. And from, yeah. And that's kind of where he is, honestly. And part of me also, um, it, some of this has to kind of fall on Doug Peterson's um, his feet because I mean in a sense I mean the real question is are they coaching Carson hard enough? I mean the the young man is gifted he's a gifted quarterback he can he can make um, chicken salad out of chicken you know what but the thing is though is like I think Carson at times he gets a little, he kind of gets cocky with his arm because he know he has a good arm. He know he has the ability, and he knows that the fact of the matter that he's done it before, that he can he can he can make he can make certain passes and try to get away with it. However, right now these passes are hurting his team and kind of setting up the defense in a pretty negative situation. And honestly, I mean as a Honestly, if I was part of that defense, I'd be pissed off because it's like, dude, you're throwing you, you you continue to throw picks and put us in bad position. I mean, you look at last week against the Redskins, three three interceptions, which pretty much put the skins in Eagle territory or in the red zone. And of course, last Sunday um, versus the Rams, that pick in the end zone, that was a that was a TD. That was a potential TD to take the lead. Then also late in the game, which I mean, honestly, I'm not really going to trip off that 
because honestly, that was just at the point where they're just trying to get back into the game, and the game was pretty much a route at that point. But the fact of the matter is that Wentz has to to take care of the ball. He has to he has to be mindful of the passes that he throws, as well as hold on to the football because he will fumble and just trying to make a play. And like I said, it's just due to the um, like a lot a lot of it's due to the cockiness. And, and mind you, there's nothing wrong with being uh, confident in your arm, but I mean, but if it's hurting your, if it's detrimental to your team, you really need to evaluate that as well as the coaching staff. Um, yeah, right now, I mean, it's it's a lot going on with this young man, and I, I really hope he can really pull it out for for my team's sake. And one of the things that we saw on uh, this past Sunday was we saw Jalen Hurts sighting. Um, <laughs> as you, me, you know, me, Jalen Hurts was um, the quarterback selected by the Eagles in the second round, um, which definitely drew some eyeballs and kind of the whispers started to kind of mumble and started to kind of make itself known even more, especially since last season was another season that Carson technically couldn't finish just due to that hit by Jadavian Clowney in the in the playoffs. But he got in on Sunday, like doing like some trick plays, some gadget plays. I think, honestly, I mean, if they're going to bring him on the field, Jalen Hurts on the field, I really think it needs to be more of a runner running situation to where or maybe like an op, maybe like a pass option, because I think taking Carson off the field is definitely going to kind of mess with his psyche a little bit more. They're really what it is. And right now, at this point of the season, the Eagles, they really don't need Carson's psyche to be jacked up, especially with, especially if they're going to be bringing in uh, Jalen Hurts. And, um, and speaking of Jalen Hurts, I mean, by them drafting him, which by the Eagles drafting him, it definitely opens the, the door for a possible trade. And kind of... Kind of going back and kind of um, just kind of re- like looking at Carson's contract. Um, if they do trade him, the Eagles are on the on the on the books for thirty three million dollars, which whew, that's a lot of money. That's going to be kind of doubt uh, that will be dished out. That I mean, yeah, they have to kind of take care. They have to swallow that, and that's in dead money. And so, whew, right now, I really don't know if the Eagles really want to take that on however if if they do if they do plan on going forward with Jalen Hurts I do believe Carson's contract expires I believe in two years if I'm not if I'm not mistaken someone correct me on that one but um if they want to go that route I mean they can maybe try to play play this out I mean hey if they may if if they're just adamant about going on with Hurts I mean hey they can just put Carson on the bench and just kind of just let him collect and eventually let him be gone and just go through a rebuild that way, which honestly is going to be really tough to kind of convince the owner, Jeffrey Lurie, as well as the fans that some, well, some of the fans that, Hey, you got this 33, you got this, um, hundred million dollar quarterback just sitting there on the bench, just collecting the check and not really doing anything. I mean, honestly, I mean, the best thing probably is to, if in, is to uh, trade them and just swallow that that dead cap money, and a couple of teams that I was looking at, if they do somehow they do go on, 
about, poss- about the possibility of trading Carson, I will say the Colts is definitely, honestly, like my probably like my number one option because uh, former um, quarterbacks coach Frank Wright, who coached Carson in 2016-2017, where he um, would have won the MVP if he didn't get hurt, he's the head coach over there. Right now, they're they're rocking with Phillip Rivers, and who knows who knows uh, how long Phillip's gonna play. Which honestly, I think may, this year could be his last season. But he, that's neither neither here nor there. But I think the Colts would definitely be a prime landing spot for Carson. Another uh, potential place is Denver. Um, they have Drew Locke back there. Uh, they have some nice offensive weapons, especially that they picked up in the draft. Even though Courtney Sutton is out with um, with the knee injury this year, they have um, um, Jer- uh, Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler that they picked up in the draft this year, which would give probably Carson probably his um, probably like two exciting young wide receivers that he can grow with. And yeah, that would, and also you have Noah Fant, and along with Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay. I mean, I, honestly, I think that would be a very good location for Carson to go to. Um, and then also then um, you have of course Jacksonville, but however, we don't know if they're uh, if they're tanking for a, for a quarterback in this year's draft. Well, I'm sorry, next year's draft. Um, another. Possible location is the Panthers. True, yeah, they just they gave uh, Teddy Bridgewater a nice contract, but I mean, hey, you know what? It's from uh, from from reading this contract, it's pretty team friendly, and they have a and uh, they have um, a couple ways that they can possibly get out of that contract. So that's another location. Um, my final location that Carson could go to, and honestly, I think aside from Possibly the Colts. I think this may be probably possibly another location is New England. True, yeah, they have Cam back there. However, what's I mean, really, what's going, what's going to happen after this season? And of course, with Cam, I mean, there's always the possibility that he can he can um, he can re- get injured as well. But I mean, hey, that's the same thing for Carson. He can definitely get injured as well, but. Um, looking going possibly looking going forward, look at the age difference between Cam and Carson. Don't don't rule out New England. And on top of that, I mean you have Belichick as well as Josh McDaniels. Carson would definitely get some serious quarterback coaching. And not to say that he's not getting it from Philly, but honestly, I think he would get some serious hardcore quarterback training from Josh McDaniels. So those are um, a couple of locations where I think Carson could definitely benefit from, especially especially um, a change of scenery may be good for him. But, hey, look, at this point, this is just speculation. It was just something that I just wanted to kind of take a look at and just kind of bring to the masses. One of the things I also want to look at is Doug Peterson looking at um, I think I think he does bear a little bit of the responsibility with this one. Um, and the, one of the reasons why is because one, I mean, a lot of the play, a lot of the play calling is kind of similar to 2017, which I mean, yeah, I know that you do have, you have some success, you've had success with, um, with that offense, but also you also do have to evolve. I mean, you look at Andy Reed, 
Um, and he, Andy Reid was kind of like the one of the West Coast offenses gurus. And he, I mean, he studied at the feet of Mike Holmgren, Bill Walsh, and look at Andy when, like, during his heyday in Philadelphia, you look at that offense compared to the offense that he has in Kansas City. I mean, you see now, you see with the jet sweeps, um, you see uh, little things sprinkled in here and there to Tyreek Hill. You also have, um, it's, it's just so, like, Andy Reid has definitely kind of changed his coaching philosophy in a sense since he's been with, um, since he's moved on to Kansas City. He's running a little bit more than what he what he did in Philadelphia. So bringing it back to Doug Peterson, Doug is Doug is Doug's turn. He has to kind of kind of flow with what's going on in today's NFL. True, yeah, 2017 was just a few years ago. However, so much innovation to the NFL offenses is now taking place now. I mean, you look at what um, Kyle Shanahan is doing in San Francisco, Matt LaFleur is doing in Green Bay. Like I said, I mean, you have, like I said, just Sean McVay with the Rams. And, of course, like I said, Andy Reid, what he's doing with Kansas City. I mean, Doug, it's it's time for Doug to really – open up, open up his playbook a little bit more as well as kind of like, I mean, just try to, just try to adapt to what's going on with today. And you look at it now as like more owners and GMs are looking for coaches that are able to bring more of the college aspects of the game into the NFL. And with Doug, Doug is kind of, and like I said, I mean, 2017 wasn't that long ago, but it seems as the, it seems as, as if his offense has gotten stale and teams have kind of know what's, what's coming. And yeah, that's one of those things. And that you definitely have to look, um, definitely have to look at Doug as well as, I mean, Hey, look, I mean, is he, and like I said earlier, is he coaching Carson hard and going back to when Carson had his run in 2017, you had Doug, you had Frank Wright, you had John D. Filippo. These are older gentlemen who are not really one of Carson's peers, kind of like how Press Taylor, how Press Taylor is. I mean, they're around the same age, and honestly, arguably, I mean, that's probably one of Carson's best friends and during through the um in the organization. So it's definitely uh, it's a weird dynamic because I mean, you're not gonna like Press Taylor is not gonna really come at Carson the way he needs to come at become um to be grinded on kind of like how Frank Wright and especially John D Filippo how 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 their approach um approaches were with Carson and if you and if you don't remember um John D Filippo and Carson yeah I mean at times that like, they were butt heads but honestly I really think that he really got the best out of Carson so um looking at it I mean it's definitely a possibility that uh Flip and Frank Wright, they kind of held the key to what we saw in 2017 with Carson. So, yeah, um, like I said, Doug Peterson definitely has some, he definitely has some eyes on him as well. So, yeah, he definitely needs to get it together. And another issue uh, with the Eagles, and this one is going to the front office, and I'm looking at general manager Howie Roseman. The total construction of this team 
over the past couple of years has been is kind of it's kind of like a slow decline in a sense. I mean, we went from the Super Bowl where we used a lot of veteran help and a lot of veteran experience to win that Lombardi Trophy. Now, and pretty much they kind of they tried to do the same thing the the next year. They they kept a lot of the vets that kind of contribute to the Super Bowl. However, they they also added like a Michael Bennett onto the team, and really, I really believe that. The fact that they have not, they've done lousy in the draft is hurting them now. And yeah, I mean, you definitely have to look at Howie Roseman because he's picking the players. Um, and when Joe Douglas was here, Joe Douglas was, would stack the board stating that, hey, look, from best to worst, these are the people that we need to be looking at. And I really don't know who officially made the call from what I'm gathering. I mean, how of course made the call on a lot of those picks, but <sighs> these draft picks are not helping out. I mean, Jalen Ringer, Jalen Ringer, he seems, he seems very promising. He's hurt now with a, uh, with a, um, with a thumb, with the injury to his UCL, uh, UCL joint in his, um, and his thumb, that's kind of like the little web part between, like, your your index finger and your thumb. Like, that right there is, is torn. So, he's going to be out for, I believe, six to eight weeks. So, but anyway, I digress. Um, like I said, I mean, Jalen Rigger looks good. I mean, we really don't know what we're going to get with um, Jalen Hurts. However, like, drafts like the 20 the – 20, um, 2017 draft has definitely hurt because you look at it aside from Derek Barnett, who is basically on the verge of being a bust himself. There's nobody else from that draft. That's on the Eagles roster. I mean, no Sidney Jones, no Donnell Pumphrey. I mean, my goodness. It's like, who, who's, who's making these picks because these draft picks have been horrible, and I think, and honestly, I mean, I'm like baffled at this point. I really am, because like I said, I mean, you look at it. I mean, this year, I mean, we got Kayvon, we have Davion Taylor, who hasn't played. Um, Kayvon Wallace, who not really seeing the field. I mean, he is playing on special teams and did pick up that fumble recovery from Cooper Cup this past Sunday. I mean, Jack Driscoll, we'll see what happens. I mean, he played well um, in, in a relief role, but I mean, Quez Watkins, he's on the practice squad. And pretty much that's kind of where we're at. John Hightower, he hasn't really played that much or hasn't given, gotten, given, gotten the opportunity. I mean, you look at the year uh, the year prior, Andre Dillard, he's on the injury list. And even before that, I mean, man, look, we had to, we were, we were nervous about Andre Dillard starting that left tackle to the point where even before we bought Jason Peters back as a guard, we were really, they were really talking to Jason Peters about coming back and starting in place of Andre Dillard, just because they, they just wasn't sure if he was able to protect Carson's blind side. So now he's hurt. I mean, Truly, I mean, we got Miles Sanders, and he seems to he seems to be the best player um, coming out. I mean, he seems like the best player that we've drafted, so that's a good thing. Is um, and then 
of course, J.J. Ortega Whiteside, who at this point, I mean, showed very little in terms of route running, um, getting off press coverage, or just simply just making just making the correct football play. And I mean, of course, then you look you look Sharif Miller, Clayton Thorson, neither one of them on the roster. 2018. I mean, that one, that one looks okay in a sense. I mean, because look, you got Dallas Goddard, who's arguably the heir apparent to Zach Ertz. Avante Maddox is starting on the outside, which honestly, I really believe that he's best in the slot just due to his stature. But the dude plays with a lot of heart. Um, Josh Sweat, he's starting to come on this season. I mean, he had a uh, he had a strip sack again in Washington during Week One. Uh, we just have to see more consistency from him. But like I said, 2017, like I said, aside from Derek Barnett, everybody else is gone. 2016, only Carson Wentz and uh, Isaac Sayamala remain. And really, it's just been a real crap show with these draft picks. I don't know who's making these picks, but honestly, at this point, um, I really believe Howie Roseman, his, he, his job is on the line. He He's the one who definitely needs to improve, especially with, with uh, in fluctuating this this roster with youth because we sorely have missed that. And honestly, you look at it, you look at all the missing play, the players that we've either passed on or maybe was picked right after or was picked um, picked behind. Um, well, he was picked after those players, but. Like I said, just this whole the whole draft has just been a hot mess. One of the things also um, that's kind of concerning about the Eagles is their defense. <sighs> right now, the front four um, they really haven't really been getting as as much pressure as they need to. Um, B, Brandon Graham did pick up a sack last week, man, but other than that, I really didn't hear too much from anybody else on. On the defensive line, Fletcher Cox, um, he's dealing with the abdomen injury. Um, his status for tomorrow's game is definitely up in the air. Um, a lot of just kind of listening to kind of like what um, NFL doctors have been saying is that typically it's about like a two week injury. So there's a there's a very high there's a very high possibility that Fletcher Cox may not play versus the Bengals. Which I mean, the Eagles are okay in terms of depth with um, Malik Jackson and Javon Hargraves. Hargraves um, last week was his first game, uh, his first game as an Eagle. So really, for him, he's kind of just kind of knocking off the rust. Um, in terms of like I said, I mean, you got BG, you got Derek, uh, Derek Barnett, kind of running running the ends. However, like I said, I mean, BG, I mean, I love him. I love for the player and the person that he is. I mean, he's not that double-digit guy, double-digit sack guy. Honestly, I think BG would definitely benefit a lot more from a top-flight pass rusher like a Yannick Ngagwe or an Everson Griffin or Demarcus Lawrence. Um, yeah, I really think yeah, definitely BG would definitely do a great job just if he had like somebody else to definitely take the pressure on him, off of him. Um, one issue of concern, of course, is linebacker and that, and that, and I'll take you back to last Sunday's game against the Rams where Tyler Higby has scored three touchdowns and two of them were on 
linebackers. And the third one's on the nickelback, uh, Nikhil Roby. And who, Tyler, he, he just kind of bullied him into the end zone. Uh, next one, um, the next position is secondary. Uh, aside from Darius Slay, who, who's been, who's actually is, is earned his money, earned his keep. So a lot of you can't say that he's flopped, but no, he's played very well. Um, the Eagles, they definitely need to do something at, they, they really need to figure out what they're going to do at the, um, at the, at the strong safety position, because honestly, I think Jalen Mills is kind of a little bit over his head in terms of playing safety. I, what I really want is for Jalen to go back to his accustomed his accustomed cornerback spot. Maybe put Maddox in the slot and maybe put uh, Nikhil Roby uh, Coleman on the bench. Use Rodney McLeod at the free safety. Possibly put a uh, Kayvon Wallace in. Or when he gets back from injury, maybe um, a Will Parks. So, I mean, really in a sense, I mean, Harry Roseman and his construction of this, of this team has been piss poor in my opinion. I mean, look at the contract he, he gave out to Alshon. And that's in a sense on why that we were kind of that we were stuck with Alshon just due to the fact that we couldn't trade that contract. So, yeah, right now, I'm not really liking the direction that we're heading in, especially for next season. Um, with the potential um, deduction of the salary cap, I believe this year is like 190, between 190 and 198, I'm not too sure. Um, they were talking about the possibility of it going down to 175. And if that does happen, and due to COVID and everything like that, if that does happen, that's definitely going to hinder what the Eagles do next year in terms of uh, free agency and the draft. Honestly, I really don't think if, if uh, that salary cap does go down, I really don't think I don't think the Eagles will be a play in the the free agency market, um, and there's definitely going to be some tough decisions. Maybe letting go of Brandon Grant, maybe a Fletcher Cox, maybe even just trading Carson Wentz, just to try to try to find some way to kind of save some money on on these contracts. And this goes back to the fact that Howard Roseman's done a piss poor job at replenishing the talent on this football team. Because now we have to rely upon high-priced veterans to do things that maybe a second or third-year player um, who's making maybe less than a million, uh, maybe making a million dollars can can do. So, oh man, right now, honestly, well, the way I'm seeing it, we're in a slow, we're in a very fast decline, and we're kind of going towards. A possible rebuild and honestly at this point I really I really am not really looking forward to that nor do I see any good coming from this and so looking at the schedule coming up um, of course uh, tomorrow we have the Bengals coming into Lincoln Financial Field to play face the Eagles um, this is a game where the Eagles should get right by because honestly, I mean, Cincinnati, they're not a good football team. Their offensive line is crap. Um, Joe Burrow's a rookie. However, he does have a nice stable of wide receivers with AJ Green, Tyler Boyd, T Higgins, as well as their tight end, Sam. I believe his name is Sam Stable, um, because their original, um, their number one tight end is out. You also have Joe Mixon. Uh, run the rock as well as Giovanni Bernard coming out of the backfield. So this team is definitely going to give the Eagles some trouble. 
Um, Joe Burrow, I mean, he's even though he's he's 0 and 2, I mean, he's pl- he's played with the, the moxie and the poise that you see from veterans. One of the things that um, just kind of looking at what the Bengals do, they definitely spread the um, they spread offenses out, and honestly, I definitely see them doing that to the Eagles. And as you guys know, this is a copycat league where the Bengals coach came from Sean McVay's um, coaching staff and they're, they're buddy buddies. So of course he's going to definitely look at what McVay did last week versus the Eagles and try to implement that into their, um, into their game plan. Um, I do know Joe Burrow, he likes to get out the pocket. That's definitely something that definitely hurt the Eagles last week, especially with Jared Goff. It's just mobility in the pocket and getting out. So the defensive line definitely has to step up. Like I said, Fletcher Cox may not be back, uh, may not play this um, this Sunday. So <sighs> very ominous, very ominous. This game should be a Miles Sanders type of game because the Bengals do struggle against the run. Also, the tight ends, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, they need to eat because – the Bengals linebackers, they definitely struggle in coverage. So there are some areas where the Eagles can attack. Um, like I said, the Eagles should win this game. Uh, will I put money on it? No. <laughs> but um, looking at their schedule going forward um, after this game, they go to San Francisco for a primetime game on Sunday night. Even though the Niners are banged up, um, they're still going to present a challenge to the Eagles. Um, from there, they go to Pittsburgh to face the, the Red Hot Steelers. And these boys, like, they've been on the move. And the last time um, the Eagles faced the Steelers, the Eagles smoked them in Lincoln, Lincoln Financial Field, a game that I was at physically. And from there, uh, they moved down. They return. They finally go home to face Baltimore. Oh, boy, with Lamar Jackson, Hollywood Brown, Mark Ingram, Mark Andrews, and a solid defense. Like I said, that's definitely going to present another uh, challenge to Carson. So it's very imperative that Carson hangs on to the ball. No interception. He definitely has to be mindful who's around the football. Can this play be picked? I mean, I know it's easier said than done, but Carson has to find a way to protect that ball. And so... um, with that being said, hey, that brings us to a close of another episode of the Eagles Zone Podcast. I'm your man, Kmart. Hey, look, if you want to get in contact with the show, hit me up at the Eagles, um, the Eagles Zone Podcast at gmail.com. Let me know what your predictions for are for uh, today's, uh, tomorrow's game, as well as um, all your overall thoughts about Carson Wentz, um, how the season is unfolding, and do we have enough to maybe – make a playoff run. So with that being said, I'm your man, K Martin. Like I said, well, thank you once again for listening. I'll catch you with you later. Peace.